Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. So yes, we are starting a brand new series this week. Uh, it's great to be, be in the autumn. It's great to be starting a brand new series. I mean, we've had, I've really enjoyed the summer that we've had. I've really enjoyed having um, Dee and Shagun, uh, Jen and Ian bring a message. People who haven't done that before, bring that to us. It was, it was brilliant. And as always, I just encourage you, if you didn't hear that, please, you know, if you've got um, a, a podcast device, a thing, whatever they're called, um, download it, download them, listen to them, or watch them on YouTube. They were, they were really, really, re- really good. Um, and uh, like uh, Julian just said, we are starting a brand new series today looking at the book of Jonah. And then after the book of Jonah, so we're going to be in this for about a month, and then after the book of Jonah, we're going to go into another series, which is along the same lines where we're going to be taking a lot, well, quite a number of weeks to go through um, this, a story of Peter getting out of his boat and being the one and only person other than Jesus who walked on water. And it's kind of these messages um, kind of forms really from where when me, Jen, Julian, Andrew, and Andy, we went away in uh, July to June, sorry, to the Christ Central Leadership Conference, um, which is on again next year, which we I'm looking forward to already, um, and um, we will. Um, we will. Like, I think I'd like to invite a couple more of you with us if you're free that that particular week, because it, it was just great. And during that, it was great to see so many other leaders and people kind of praising Jesus, getting the mission and vision of Christ Central, the group of churches that we belong to. Um, but uh, during that week, a lady who's a prophet gave a a prophetic word. Actually, she regave it. She, she's given it before. Um, and she regave this prophetic word, which I'm going to show in a bit. Um, thankfully, uh, she got up on the stage and started talking, and Jen was like, this might be important. I'm going to video it. You didn't want Andrew to miss it, so little did you know that we were going to show it this morning. Um, pardon? Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, Ginny shared this word, and um, we're going to show it. We're going to show it in a bit. But if you, I've uploaded it to YouTube. So if you can't, if you find it difficult hearing, it, obviously sometimes things can be difficult to hear in this room. If you find it difficult hearing it, um, please bear with me, um, and you can re-listen to it again on YouTube later on our YouTube channel, or uh, and also even then, uh, the, you know, YouTube's got those little CC button you can push. Um, now, she has got a Yorkshire accent, so I don't know how well Google can translate what she's got, but um, what she says, but uh, you, it does, you know, it puts your spoken word into words, so you, can, you should be able to read it as well. So I encourage you to do that. Even if you, you can listen to this and you find it completely easy to understand, I encourage you to re-listen to it again. Um, but like I said, we're in the book of Jonah. We're going to be starting chapter one today, and... Um, I don't know what you feel when you think of the book of Jonah. Um, sometimes, sadly, like people can kind of think the book of Jonah is kind of all make-believe, and it's just kind of a made-up story. And mainly, that, that's due to the fact of when the majority of people, Christian or not, they think of Jonah, what do they think of? 
A whale, what well on? They think of a whale. They think of a big fish, a whale that swallows Jonah um, as he's thrown out of a boat into the sea. And actually, that is a really... <laughs> Adam's got a big fish for Jonah. Um, so <laughs> um, but actually, that's a really small part of this story. And actually, it's not at all the main part of this story. And, and just, for, just for your knowledge, Jonah was a real person. He lived in the 700s BC. We see him referred to in other books of the Bible. And actually, Jesus mentioned Jonah. Jesus talked about Jonah. And I believe in Jesus. I believe what Jesus said was true. So therefore, I believe that what Jonah did is true because Jesus did. Figure? And so, and what I'd encourage you is, it's a really short piece of text. And most of you will be able to read it in half an hour. It's really, really short. Um, and I'd encourage you over, the over this next month to read it and read it and really get into it. I understand study or study this book book, and, it, and what it does is, is if, you, if you see it, and if you've got any knowledge of the other um, prophetic books of the Bible, what you will see is that actually this is it's a difference. It's completely different to the other ones. See, most of the other prophetic books of the Bible, what happens is, is they are basically recordings of what the prophet says uh, to um, the people. They, they're, they're, they're recordings of, of what the, the, a message of what the prophet said or they are a, a, a collection of messages that the prophet will come and say. But Jonah, actually Jonah himself in this book says very, very little. Actually, he doesn't say much at all. And what he does say, he says in a very grumpy manner, I imagine him doing so. And so, uh, and what, what actually the book is about, the book is a, is a, is a tale, is a story of an, a time in Jonah's life and that story is the message. So Jonah's life is the message. And through this message of Jonah's life, what we see is, is one, we see, what, we see God's heart for you and I. We see God's heart for the nations. We see God's heart for Blackpool. You see, we see God's heart. God's heart is a heart that doesn't want to destroy, doesn't want to, 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 to harm, doesn't want to, 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 to discipline. Actually, his heart is, as, as said in the very last chapter of Jonah, is that he has pity, he has grace, he has mercy upon people because ultimately he looks at us and he says, there are people who don't even know their left and their right hand. They don't know what they're doing. And, and what God does is God, through this book, he challenges us. He challenges the reader. You know, do we have pity on the world? Is our heart broken for the people around us? Do we have God's heart for the people that we meet? Do we, do, do, are we even awake, which we're going to look at today, to the fact that God is calling us, is sending us into the nations to be the hope of the world? So let's get into it then. Jonah chapter 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran from the Lord, and he, he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So we'll just stop there. Okay, so we've got this guy, okay? 
And he's, he's, he's a prophet. He's heard from God. He's someone who God speaks to. And he's going about his daily business. I don't know. He's gardening or shopping or whatever. He's going about his business. And then God comes. And God speaks to him. And he says, Jonah. And, no, and, and, and Jonah's like, yes, Lord. He's like, Jonah, I've got a job for you. Actually, let, let's do that again, actually. Because um, I, I was far too happy as Jonah. I, I, feel, I feel it's probably more like this. You know, Jonah. What? Jonah, I have a message for you. I have a job for you to do. All right, what's that? I want you to go to Nineveh. No. No. Not doing it. Not doing it, Lord. No, I want you to go to Nineveh and tell these people about me. I want, to tell you, I want you to tell them about me. No, not doing it. Not doing it, Lord. Not doing it. Not doing it. La, la, la. In fact, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to get on a boat so I don't have to listen to you. I don't even have to see a signpost that reminds me of this place, Nineveh. You see, he, he, complete, he hears God. I mean, I, this, this kind of like is shocking. Imagine hearing the voice of God and doing the opposite to what he says. Imagine that. I mean, I mean, he, he, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, uh, when um, a few months ago, uh, I told you that Rob, our, our friend from Bolton, he, he messaged us saying that he had a dream about our family. And I was like, I pray, you know, not every night when I remember, I, God speak to me in a dream. God come to me. And imagine if he did. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to ignore him. I'm not going to go and do the opposite thing. I mean, it's, surely you're not either. But let's, let's have a bit of grace for, for Jonah. I mean, he's been asked to go to Nineveh. He's been asked to go to the capital city of Syria. I'm oh, sorry, Assyria. And now, Assyria was the arch enemy of Israel. These were vile people. I mean, it says, it says that, that he is... He is called to go there and, and be, because their, their wickedness has come up as a stench towards God. See, these are violent people. These are horrid people. These are people who, who in a few generations are going to come and enslave the Israelite people, the northern kingdom of Israel, and take them away. See, so these are people that Jonah doesn't want to have anything, anything to do with. These are people who Jonah doesn't like. So, of course, when God says, why don't you go and tell them about me? He says, no, of course he does. What's God asking you to do? Notice how I didn't say, is God asking you to do anything? What is God asking you to do? Because God is speaking to us. God is speaking to you. Maybe, maybe he, he's asking you to speak to someone. Maybe he's asking you to pray for someone. Maybe he's asking you to serve someone. I don't know, what is God asking you? I'm not going to exhaust that list, by the way, because... If you're like me, you'll think, well, God's asked me to do something, but if Ben doesn't say it, then he obviously isn't asking me, okay? There's other things that God is asking you to do. He's still speaking to you. What is God asking you to do? And what's your reaction? What's your reaction? Is it to say, yes, God? Or is it to say, no, I'm going to go about and turn the other way? Because that's what Jonah does. Let's read, continue in the story. It says, the Lord sent, so he gets on this boat, remember? The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, 
And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own gods. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship, but Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. So Jonah gets into this boat, he's running from the Lord, and he goes down below deck, and he lies down, and he goes to sleep. That's really important. We're going to get back to that near the end. He goes down to Joppa, down, to, down into the boat, lies down, falls asleep. That's really important language that the, the reader, the writer uses, but we'll get back to that later. But he falls asleep. This is really interesting, okay? How are you at falling asleep? How do you find falling asleep? You see, I don't always find falling asleep that easy. But who, anyone out there, that kind of annoying kind of person that literally you put, <laughs> Jen's laughing, um, you literally put your head on the pillow and two seconds later, no, some of you, right, you literally, as you're lying down, you haven't even shut your eyes and you're just asleep. It's just no effort whatsoever. You are just asleep. Others of us, we, we, we go to bed, we shut our eyes, we do the exact same thing, we put our head on the pillow and we're there, not sleeping. You really wish like, you could do like a double blink and it just like shut your brain off or something like that. I know, you know there's an off switch or something and you just can't sleep. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you, know, you, you, can, you can lie there awake. Uh, if anyone, uh, anyone else is like, like this, you know, you can lie awake for ages just not getting to sleep. You know, and, and you've got the person next to you like just sleeping away soundly. It's, yeah, anyway, but and sometimes, sometimes, right, the body just thinks, like, that's not bad enough. I mean, not sleeping is, is, is horrid, but the body sometimes just feels like, I think it's like mocks you, your own body. I don't know if you've ever had this, where, where you're like, okay, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Okay, you lie down, you, you go to sleep. You go to sleep. And then you wake up. And then you wake up. And it's not the morning. You look at the clock, and barely half an hour has gone by. But your body says... That's it. I've, I've given you all the sleep that you need. I've given you all the sleep. That's it. That's it for the night. And you're there, if you're like me, you're there worrying because you're going, well, I need to do stuff tomorrow. And if I don't sleep, I can't do those things. But I have to fall asleep to do those things. But, but the more you worry, the less likely you're able to get to sleep. Now, I hope that's not you. But if you've ever struggled sleeping, what, what's, what's usually the reason for that? Huh? <laughs> caffeine, yeah? Caffeine, yeah? Anything else? Well, worry. Yeah, worry. Now, you'd have thought, okay, Jonah has just spoken to God and said, no thanks God, I'm going to do something else. You'd have thought if, he had to, if you, someone had just spoken to God and said, I'm not doing what you want to do, rather than being able to sleep, he'd be pacing up and down and going, oh my word, that was such a bad idea. I just met God and I said no. I just told God no. And now I'm on a ship. Okay, he's the Lord of the, the heavens and the earth and the sea. Okay, he could do anything to me right now. This is awful. This is awful. I should go back and say no, but I don't want to say yes. But you know, he'd be, his head would be spinning right now. But it's not. He's got in the boat and he's just no worries and he's sleeping like a log. Nothing, nothing hindering him whatsoever. You see, Jonah has run from the presence of the Lord, and ultimately his attitude isn't, <gasps> his attitude is, so, 
So I said no to God. What does it matter? What does it matter? You see, he was, he's, he's deliberately gone against what God wants him to do, but he doesn't seem to grasp the weight of what he's done. He's choosing to not live as a light, to not live as, as salt to the world. I loved it. All, all of you who spoke over the summer were brilliant. Um, and, but um, Dee brought something that I, I just want to re-remind re, like, re, us of because it fits in with this morning. She, she brought this, this quote and she said, it, to be a Christian, if you're a Christian, to be salt and light isn't an optional extra. Remember, if you were here, she, she said that. She said, it's not an optional extra to be so. It's not like, oh, I'm saved by grace. Do I follow God or do I not follow God? Do I listen to him or do I not? Now, there's grace that if we, if we mess up or we choose to do other things, then actually God will forgive us. But to be a Christian actually is to be salt and light. We were created we, 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 we are now a new creation. We've been adopted into a new family. We've been given a new name, a new identity. You see, and this world, this world needs saving. We have friends, we have family who need to know the love of Jesus. There are sailors in this boat who need to know the love of Yahweh, the true living God. And where's Jonah? He's asleep, completely unaware. And I think if we're honest, you know, I think all of us probably would have to hold our hands and say, yes, okay. I have heard God's prompting. I've heard God's prompting to go and speak to someone. I've heard God's prompting to go and pray for someone or whatever. And I said, no. I said, no, God, I'm not going to do that. But, but... I think more often than not, the truth is that we walk around sleepwalking. We don't walk around saying, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. We walk around not realizing that God is speaking to us, asking us to act, asking us to speak, asking us to pray, that God wants to use us in bringing hope, bringing life, bringing salvation into the world. I think, you know, we, we walk around life, I think, you know, completely asleep to the fact that God says, you are the hope of the world. You are a city on a hill. You are the light in the darkness. And we can hear that and go, yes, I am. But then this afternoon comes or Monday morning comes and we completely forget it. We live as if God's, God's not there. We're asleep to what God is doing around us. Jonah is asleep to the storm around him. And we can so often be the same. So what happens? The captain, the captain went to him, went down into the bottom of the boat and said, how can you sleep? Wake up and call on your God. Remember, they were doing whatever they could. They were running around like headless chickens, throwing stuff overboard, calling on their gods, seeking whatever life method worked best for them at the time, finding they were all futile. So they come to him and they say, Jonah, wake up, call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us that, so that we will not perish. 
You see, we live in a world, we live in a world that, that preaches happiness, that preaches, that preaches, you know, pursue your own happiness, do what is good for you, do what you want to do, do what makes you happy, and, it, and, and, and if you do that, it's not going to affect others, apparently, unless you eat meat, right? that's, 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 that's not okay. If you eat meat, that's, that's going to um, offend everyone, and as long as those billionaires can have their private jets, the, you know... <laughs> Apparently, we can't, if we eat meat, that's going to kill the planet, but billionaires can have their private jets and it all goes on. Anyway, um, that's very close to my heart. I think, I think, honestly, I think, I think people should do less flying and we should all have more steak, to be honest. <laughs> See, the, the truth is, the truth is that when, what, whatever we do, the actions that we have, the actions that we make, the choices that we make, they affect those around us. They affect those around us. No matter how much we tell ourselves, it's my decision, how, does it, how can it affect others? No, what we do affects others. And the truth is that when the church runs from God, when the storm comes and we are found asleep, when the church, when God's people are found sleeping, the world suffers. When we are found asleep in the storm, our nation suffers, our family suffers, our friends suffer. And you might say, well, yeah, but how about, how about diseases? How about, how about, how about um, uh, oil companies? How about war? How about Russia? How about China? How about the government? Surely they affect things. Well, do you know what? These things come, these things go. There will always be disease, there will always be greed, there will always be war, there will always be the threat of war. But the real question is, how will we, how will God's people respond in those situations? I'm going to play Ginny's clip now. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to hear it. But like I said, if you can't, bear with and, um, and listen to it later. Situations they were in, and there were people saying, How can 
is the man was saying it's time for unlocking these gates. It's time for the church to take up the stick again that says proclamation on it and authority on it. And you know, when COVID began, people began to talk about this being a wake up call. And that was only the beginning. The faint sound of the wake up call. But it's, become, it's going to become deafening. It's going to become deafening until it fills your ears saying, wake up. And I went home that day from that conference and I looked it up and it's actually from Jonah. Jonah is running away from proclaiming the gospel that brings about repentance to faith. He was running away from doing that and he was hiding in the boat and it was the people in the boat that shouted out to Jonah. And the church has been sleepwalking around in the culture of the day for years and years. And God is telling us to wake up, to pull ourselves out of this world's culture and all that it offers us. It's a time for throwing off these things that hinder us. It's a time for throwing off consumerism and individualism. It's a time for getting back to be a part of the community of the saints. It's a time for getting back to proclaiming the gospel. That that is about repentance sin, that that is about turning and allowing God to remove his wrath from us, that that is about true saving from our sin. It's time to keep ourselves back in the truth. And you know, I heard a trumpet call at the end of that vision, and the trumpet call grew louder and louder. And first of all, that trumpet call was to us. There's a trumpet call to us to begin to rise up, to step out of our culture, to become that that has an alternative society to offer. And then the trumpet call begins to come from the church to the world. That that says, come, come and see, come and glorify the King. Can you hear the roar, the deafening cry to wake up church? You see, the world is, is looking, is looking for something. It doesn't know what it's looking for, but like these sailors, it is running around, throwing anything and everything overboard. It is calling upon their gods, their philosophies, their ways to bring salvation, their ways to make them feel good, to make life seem like it has a meaning. But God is shaking this world He's shaking this world. He's been shaking this world. And with every tremor, the storm has got worse. You remember, just before Ginny would have first seen that, soon afterwards, we had the, the global crash and the recession. A, sh a reminder, a shaking of the world. We had natural disasters. We had a, a tsunami. We had, we've had... Countries divided and split through nationalism, 
Brexit. We've had COVID. Now we've got hyperinflation and in prices that people are scared of. How am I ever am I going to afford to live over the next six months? The world is being shaken. The church is being shaken. And we are being shaken, not so that we join the sailors and run around like headless chicken saying, what on earth are we going to do? Grabbing anything and everything that we can to try and make things work. We're being shaken so that as the captain of the ship says, wake up. And call on your God that he might have mercy and save. Wake up. That's why we're being shaken. That's why the world is being shaken. So that the church would wake up and call on God. You see, see the, the, the sailors are shouting. All creation is shouting. The world is shouting. The angels are shouting. The Lord is shouting to his church. Wake up and call on your God that he might have mercy on this land and heal. That he may save. And so the story continues. See, the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out. See, they're still clueless. Who is responsible for this calamity? They cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where have you come from? What is your country? From what people are you from? He answered, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what shall we do that the sea may calm down for us? See, there's an irony here, and it just shows actually how asleep Jonah is, okay? There are people on this boat who fear God. It's not Jonah. There are people on this boat who are worshiping God. It, it, it's, it's not Jonah. There are people willing to throw themselves on the mercy of the Lord of heaven and earth, but it's not Jonah. Jonah. But how does he address himself? I'm a Hebrew. You guys have pagan gods. I'm a Hebrew. I worship the true living God. I'm a Christian. Well, between 10.30 and 12.30. Well, let's be fair. 12, uh, 11, uh, 11 o'clock, maybe. Um, Ian, you're always here early. You're great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I'm a Christian on Sunday mornings. I'm a Christian for Sunday mornings. That's, you know, that's it. The rest of the week... I'm hiding my light. I'm hiding my light. You know, as Ginny said, it's time to throw off the culture, the world, and pick up. She says about picking up these sticks, these sticks of the authority of God and the gospel, and to take these and hold them in the sight of the world that is running around like chickens. See, Jonah is, is sleep. He was, he's no longer sleep, asleep, but he's sleepwalking. He is completely unaware of what's going on around him, what God is doing, what God is calling him to do. The people are aware. They're saying, call on your God. But he doesn't, does he? In fact, he comes to a really strange conclusion. 
You see, he doesn't call on his God. He doesn't say, do you know the real God of heaven and on of earth? Come, let me show him, because then no matter what happens, whether we live or whether we die, you can have security in him. Instead, he says this. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. I give up. He replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they couldn't, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, see who's crying out to the Lord? Who's cry- it's not Jonah. Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, the, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. You see, Israel was meant to be a light to the nations. The church is meant to be a light to the world. And like I said, we have a choice, church. We have a choice to listen, to engage, to wake up and hear what God is doing now, today, tomorrow, as we live our lives. We have a choice to wake up and hear that and respond with a yes or we have a choice, to, or we can bury our heads in the sand. And what I love about this story is, do you know what? Even if you choose to bury your head in the sand and say, God, I'm not listening. I'm not interested in what you're doing, God. That doesn't stop God from saving. How good is God? Jonah, the worst prophet ever. Okay, this isn't even like when loads of people get saved. But he, he doesn't do anything for these people. And the sailors end up worshipping God. They end up turning to the true God. Just imagine what could have happened if Jonah was obedient and he'd cried out to the Lord. Even if he was disobedient to this point and then he listened to the sailors who said, cry out to the Lord God and he cried out to the Lord God. He cried out to God. What if? Just imagine what could have happened. But instead, he says, throw me overboard. Throw me overboard. And this is a really strange thing. because yeah, he, see, God seems to let him be thrown overboard to, to basically die. And, and, and it seems kind of weird. It's strange reading. But if you look back, like I said, there's, there's these several times in the opening of the chapter where it says, down, down, down. Jonah went down to Joppa. He, got, he went down into the ship. He laid down to go to sleep. And what this is, it's, it's death language. It's death language. It's basically saying Jonah is wishing for death. Later on in the book, he will just say, kill me, God. Just take my life. I want to die. But here, he's, he's saying, he's, it's, 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 it, what this is, is as the Bible says, that every decision you make is either a choice for life or a choice for death. And what what happens, it's, it's a choice for either Jesus or it's a choice against him. And what, what the Bible tells us is that often what God does to discipline us is he lets us have what we want. He lets us have what we want. And so what happens here is, is God is saying, okay, you want death? You want to run from me? 
Here you go, have it. And so he lets him be thrown into the sea. But such is the grace of his mercy that actually chapter 2, which we'll get into next week, he doesn't let him die, does he? He saves him. He brings, as Jesus uses this analogy, saying ultimately Jonah went to the grave, but God rose him again back to life and brought him back to life. You see, this, this image, you see, God is so good that even when we screw up and we choose death, he comes and has mercy and grace upon us. But guys, so often God will let things get worse and worse and worse. And he's letting things get worse and worse and worse and worse to wake us up, to wake us up, to get our attention, to get our attention. And just as things get to the very pinnacle, to the worst point possible, he breaks in. And change. read stories of revival. That's how it happens. You know, it's, it reminded me this week, it made me laugh, so I'll tell you. Um, you know, I was alone, before I say this, um, and in, in our house, and I've installed a light sensor in our downstairs toilet. And, and so, uh, so I, went, I went to go for a wee, and I'm standing there, and the door which I'd left open starts to shut, and it's getting darker, and it's getting darker, and it's getting darker, and it's darker, and I'm thinking, oh dear, I'm not going to be able to see where I'm aiming now. Uh, but <laughs> just literally, just before the door shuts, and that last speck of light goes, Boom, the light comes on, brighter than before. And that's, that's what God does. That's what he does. You see, we can choose to disobey God. We can choose not to call on him. We can choose to stay awake. But what if we don't? What if we don't? Because God has so much more. I believe, I believe, and as, as listening to Ginny, she was saying, actually, you know, she saw, she saw the crash, the financial crash come, and she said, this isn't it. There's more to come. She saw COVID come, and she said, there's still more. God is going to shake us more. And what God is doing, he's preparing our hearts. He's preparing the church for that boom, light goes on moment, so the world might see the glory of our gods. And this is how it happens. And this is how it happens. You see, See, we're going through this series, we're going, and the next series we go on to, is, is really, it, for me, it, it's all about the fact that, okay, we are a small church plant, but we have a big vision of what we think God, what we see God doing. We have a big vision. You know, some of you who were at New Day, you went there, and you saw kind of our, our tiny church, and then you saw massive gatherings of people. You saw massive churches. And you, saw, you heard stories of these, some of these massive churches that a few years ago didn't exist. You heard stories of some of these massive churches that a few years ago were small churches. And what we're doing is, is what God's doing is he's preparing our hearts. Is actually the, 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 the jump from this kind of small church plant to reaching Blackpool, to reaching the nations, to see God do significant things in our town. It's, it seems like a massive jump. But God is cultivating our hearts, shaking us, waking us up to see actually with little steps of faith, we can get there. With little, with little prayers, we can get there. And actually, I don't know if you know this, but the, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, was, was arranged differently to how we have it. Um, it. Same books, different order. And 
In the Hebrew Bible, the last book of the Hebrew Bible is what we call Chronicles. And that's really significant, actually, because um, in the book of Chronicles, it gives us the hope of what we are looking for. It gives us what God is asking for. You see, the book of Chronicles, it looks back on the stories of the Old Testament. It looks back on stories like Jonah, where people failed God, where, the, where, where people were being shaken, where people were asking, what are you doing, God? And it says this. It says this. It says there is hope, even in the worst storm. There is hope, and there is hope in this way. In 2 Chronicles 7, it says this. When I shut up the heavens, that there is no rain, or command the locusts to, to devour the land, or send a plague among you. When there's natural disasters, nations warring, sickness, greed, you name it. If my people, who are called upon my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So that's what we're doing this week. That's what we want to do this week. That's what we we're going to continue to do over this term. We want to set aside time to say, to call upon the name of the Lord. And say, God, this world is in a mess. Only you can save. Only you can provide. God, I don't know what I'm going to do when the energy price is going to go up. But you know, I don't put my faith in what I'm going to earn. I don't put my faith in what the tariff is going to be next month. I put my faith in you. God, you God, would you use the wars? Would you use the greed? Would you use sickness to glorify your name that hundreds, thousands would turn to you, cry out to you, just like these sailors did on this boat? Now, I want to see people saved. I want to see baptisms. You know, if people here haven't been baptized and they want to get baptized, please come and see us. We'd love to, to get people baptized. But I want to see God move in our schools. I want to see him move in our colleges. I want to see him move in our national and local governments. I want to see his Holy Spirit rain down upon us in salvation rain. To see him quench the thirst of those asking, is there even a God? Don't you? Don't you? Right, we're going to pray, and then we'll end. I think it's the only thing we can do. So let's, why don't you stand where you are? I'm going to pray, but you use your own words. Don't just use me and say amen, but use your own words. I'm going to pray for God to come and bring salvation to our land, that like the sailors, that people would turn, see the storm, and turn to the Lord our God. So Jesus, God, we recognize, God, our world is living in, in a storm. God, there are so many things going on. There's so many tremors. 
There's so many things where people are looking, as Ginny said in that, in that clip, that there's, there's people worrying about themselves. There's people worrying about their grandchildren. How are they going to survive? How are they going to live through this next stage of life? How are they going to cope with their next stage of life? How are they going to cope with going to the next school? How are they going to cope with getting a job? How are they going to cope with finding a house? How are they going to cope with paying the bills? How are, they, how are we going to cope? What's the point of living, Lord Jesus? And I pray that through all of that, all of that, Jesus, that the world would see, that the church would see, that we would see the desperation that we are, the desperate need that we are in for you, God. And that we wouldn't just sit there, the church wouldn't just sit back and go, isn't that awful? No, but we would stand up and we'd call on the name of the Lord God. We'd call upon your name and ask you to have mercy on our land, ask you to have mercy on us, ask you to heal, ask you to say, Lord God, I'm asking you now, I'm asking you to have mercy on this town. God, have mercy upon our families. God, have mercy upon our work colleagues. Lord God, have mercy upon those who we meet in the street. Lord Jesus, come. Come in saving power, Lord Jesus. Come. Make a way, Lord Jesus. May the hearts of this town, may the hearts of this nation be like those sailors who come to the church and say, call out to your God. Maybe he will save us. That they will see the goodness of our God and they will fall down upon their knees like these sailors and worship you. Give their life to you. Lord Jesus, you are worthy of all our praise. Lord God, and we, we want you. God, we need you. We ask you to come and bring salvation, bring your spirit to this land in our day. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads, and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk.